Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Bursting the Bubble podcast. I'm Pramith, joined by Andy, Ishis, and Rohit, and today we got another NFL episode. Week 5 just finished today, actually. Shout out the NFL not being able to handle COVID properly. <laughs> just throwing a game on Tuesday. Hey, honestly, honestly, I'm glad that we were able to get four days of football, when normally we'd only get three. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but like, this isn't the reason. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Tuesday uh, and football are so like not congruous in my head. Yeah. Tuesday's the time we're like, okay, all right, time to start the week, time to get work done. But no, I gotta uh, watch the bills. Anyone wanna anyone wanna place bets on if we're seeing a Wednesday night football this week? No way. This Wednesday. year. This year. No way there'll be Wednesday. I think it's possible. I mean this to dude, anything's possible this year. Like it's <laughs> anything is possible. Yeah, like they might have to put games in any day of the week to like control. play like midnight games and shit. How long until we get seven days a week of football, dude? That'd be insane. That would be so incredibly complicated. Oh my god. No, that would just be that would be so anti to my work ethic. Fantasy, yeah. Everything. Yeah, that that, that's true. Get yeah, I'm pretty sure the Bills Chiefs game on Monday is at five Eastern time. Five oh Easter time? Yeah, that's so such a good God. game. Like in the middle of the day, you're just like eating lunch and watching this. <laughs> On a Saturday. <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right, yeah. yeah. Seven days a week. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so much football. MNF, make that academic game week. <laughs> All right, carry on, sorry. All right, so uh, a lot happened this week, uh, last week. Mainly some firings. Some well-deserved firings, in my opinion. Number one, Texans got rid of Bill O'Brien. Yes. Finally. You can't even name, like, Texans head coach or Texans I don't even GM know what he is. Or Texans he, offensive coordinator, because he's all of them. He's all of them. He's just, all gone He now. just kept promoting himself until he, no one else could fire him other than the owner. I'm surprised yeah. he didn't take on those duties as well. Oh, he's finally um, gone. Thank Happy God days. for Deshaun Watson. Thank God for the Texans. Thank God for Brett Coleman's heart. Um, <laughs> yes. It's Shout about time, Coleman. but like this is just too late, man. Like, really, did they expect like what they they let him tear like, down the franchise, and then they decided to trade him? Like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad. If you're if, if if it's even in the realm of possibility, like Bill Belichick, that's not in the realm of possibility. So if you were to like hypothetically trade DeAndre Hopkins away, you give him the benefit of the doubt. But at some at, like after blowing the twenty four to zero lead in the AFC uh, playoffs, the thought of firing Bill O'Brien has entered the owner's mind. That's a given. And if that thought is in the mind, then you cannot allow him to make franchise altering decisions from that point on. If it, if if they're not if, if it's like a one time thing where he makes the decision and you're like oh my god that came out of nowhere, understandable. But Bill O'Brien is not a one time. Mess upper. <laughs> He's a repeat <laughs> offender. This man is a repeat offender if there ever was one. And I just think it's it's the owner's fault. Like, there's always going to be stupid people. Uh, but if you enable the stupid people... Then you're the stupid people. Then you're the stupid people. <laughs> so, yeah. No, no our elections. <laughs> yeah. No coincidence that the Texans won their first game of the season mm-hmm. after B.O.B.'s gone. Yeah. They also got to play a much easier team, That's true. I think. But we'll see. Maybe Deshaun has been unleashed. He's ready to <laughs> unleash with what weapons? Brandon Cooks <laughs> instead of DeAndre Hopkins. Now. Yes, That's ridiculous man. Will Fuller. Oh 
Uh, Wait, so I'm like, oh, I'm just curious. Ahead. Um, like, so when he makes decisions, does he run it by anyone, or is it just like? I'm sure he does, but it's like the power structure is probably with him. Like, at the top. I think he still has the ultimate say in everything, right? Because he occupies like like seven different positions at once in the organization. I feel like so. So he'll like, he'll he run can... by like some scouts and be like, "Yo, do you guys think David Johnson is good?" And they'll be like, "No," and he's like, "All right, whatever. I don't care." So he does run it by them. No, but like, um, I mean, if he's tra- well, like when he was training away Hopkins, like, did he tell the owner or the anyone else? Like, uh, he he must have told him. Because like, yeah, what is the owner's reaction when that happens? I mean, like, I mean, but the the, the owner isn't a football guy, right? He's the no, owner. You don't, of the to, you don't have yeah, to be a football no, guy to right. know. Yeah, that. No, I, yeah, obviously. But, but the concept is like when your general manager and head coach in this situation makes such a drastic change to the to the team, then you have to like you can't fire him on the spot. You have to wait and see what he's like cooking up right like he definitely gave a pitch to you know trade for tunsil or trade hopkins away right and then yeah it must have been a convincing pitch (laughs) my my, my point is that even before like even before he makes the decision to trade hopkins the thought to fire bill o'brien had to have been in the owner's head because of just because of the the loss in the playoffs now just the loss in the playoffs doesn't you know justify a firing but it's in the head so yeah. what the owner absolutely cannot have happen is Bill O'Brien mortgaging the future of his team for his own job security. Mm-hmm. That cannot happen as an owner. And he just let it happen. And that they're completely screwed because of it. They don't yeah. have their first round pick. They're 0-5. They don't have their second round pick. And I repeat, 0-5. 1-4. 1-4. Uh, ah. <laughs> don't repeat that. I will not repeat. Yeah, oh and five. You're thinking of the Falcons, who also fired their man Dan Quinn. Uh, this one, you talk about the seeds of doubt growing. This must have been growing since they blew that twenty-eight to three lead in the Super Bowl, and every season since then, because they've been mad underachieving ever since then. But I just, I don't know. I mean, like it, it makes sense. You got to fire them, but the guy that they put in charge is their defensive coordinator, and if you look at the Falcons' defense. You wonder why she put him in charge. <laughs> I don't know. Why they yeah, but Dan Quinn himself was a defensive coach. Um, it's just an interim coach. They're yeah, going to be yeah. hunting. Yeah. Uh, but like, like you said, they were underachieving. They lost Kyle Shanahan, and with them, they lost their entire 2016 record-setting offense. Never really recaptured it. Uh, I honestly didn't think Dan Quinn was that bad, but you just you, you, when you have poor losses and underachieving and just blown leads that, that those all point to one thing. Yeah. That's the coach. So, yeah, this is only a matter of time. This felt like a ticking time bomb in the season. Like the moment they blew that lead to the bears, the second one, the moment they blew the first lead, well, man. the first lead, obviously, but like the second one in, in two weeks, it was done. Like you just knew yeah. it was done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I, I think the Falcons haven't been um, like any good really since their Super Bowl year. Yeah, and, that's what I'm you know who left that off season? Kyle Shanahan, and their offense hasn't been, um, their like entire team hasn't been that good at all. So like I, I think Kyle Shanahan. I know Roeth will definitely say that Kyle Shanahan. I, I literally has... already said it, but thank you for saying it again. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, you said okay. I, yeah, yeah, I said those exact words. But yeah, yeah just, it bears yeah, repeating. Yeah. Such a valid point that you know when you have a defensive coach like Dan Quinn, you need a brilliant offensive mind. Yeah, right. They also did fire the general manager for the Falcons, so I guess the owner is kind of you know just starting the reset button. So the question kind of comes in because Matt Ryan's not getting any younger, Julio's not getting any younger. Like, is this team close to a rebuild? You know, 
what's the future for you know their players who are getting paid a lot of money. You know, Matt Ryan like thirty mil, Tulio twenty three. So pay Todd Gurley too. I think uh, yeah. Matt Ryan is not old enough to consider moving on, just because you know you have Breeze and Brady in the league. Matt Ryan seems to be a decent quarterback. Those don't just grow on trees. But then again, they are 0-5. They could be in a good position for some good quarterbacks coming up. I do not see them moving on from Julio because he's the best player on the team and he's been a model superstar at the wide receiver position. Just look at AB and Michael Thomas and OBJ and all those guys. And you turn around, you see Julio just uh, putting up his numbers and uh, you know the, the fan base loves him. I don't see them moving on from Julio. Yeah. They also signed him to like a three-year deal this year, right? Something like yeah. that. Uh, let's talk about from coaches. Let's move over to, uh, my guy, Le'Veon Bell. He, <laughs> he got straight dropped by the, by the Jets today. And I, he was happy about it. He tweeted the little prayer emoji, but I, I would like to take it. this moment to rewind to the, after the, what, 2019 or 20 last season's draft. The Jets had a general manager named Mike McGannigan, or however you say that name. They just hired a new coach in Adam Gase, the spectacular offensive mind from uh, <laughs> Miami Dolphins. And they went through a very aggressive free agency where they doled out big money contracts to Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley at notoriously uh, undervalued—I mean, not, uh, not valuable positions, running back and linebacker. And after going through the draft, after going through free agency and building the team in Mike McGannigan's image, they fired him and promoted Adam Gase to general manager. Really? He's general manager? I actually didn't yeah, know. At the time, he was general manager. I don't know if he is still general manager right now. Okay, but okay. There's a reason this team is 0-5, and it has nothing to do with Sam Darnold. It has nothing to do with the lack of quality talent on the team. It's just It starts at the top. You cannot make that decision. This is the exact same thing as Bill O'Brien. If you're if you're considering firing someone, you cannot let them torpedo the franchise in their wake. This is just such a boneheaded move, and they're still paying for it later by by literally dropping a player they're paying what like twelve thirteen million. Uh, uh, yeah, Adam Gase should send like half of his no like all of his career earnings to Peyton Manning. <laughs> because he doesn't deserve to have this job dude like i don't understand how he still has a job i feel like the only reason they're keeping him is because they're tanking and they know that he's the best commander of that tank but like this team is so bad and it will continue to be horrible and no one will develop from that team until they get rid of adam Gase. like it literally happened with the dolphins too the moment everyone gets out of the adam Gase dolphins offense then they go and thrive you saw it with Kenyon drake last year you see it with Robbie Anderson this Ryan year. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill yeah. was the biggest example. The entire Dolphins team. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They got rid of Adam Gase, and now the Dolphins are actually pretty good. It's like, what do you, why do you still have this guy? I just don't understand. It's, I think it's because teams are afraid to take risks, like the Panthers didn't hire, I think, Joe Brady or something like that from LSU in college. This is New York Jets. They're an old time team. They don't want to, I don't know. I, I'm just hard right nosed. No, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about it's all stupid. that. But, but it's there's no stupid. other explanation. <laughs> Why is Adam Gase yeah. have a job? I mean, I'm okay with it. it. It's ridiculous. It's a free win. It's two free wins for the Pats every year, free so I'm fine with it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Niners owe half their wins to Adam Gase, so I guess. <laughs> yeah. You got to give him some credit. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, in Bell's defense, I mean, it's not he's not like terrible or anything. He's having a bad. No, I think he's good. We're, we're not talking, he's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I no, don't think we're criticizing. Concept, no, no. The concept here. here is that he is getting paid fifteen million dollars a year. So I mean, in your books, it's just bad for your salary cap for any team. So but I mean, now it's dead money. You're paying him to be. Yeah, you're still paying him. Yeah, yeah you're still yeah. paying him. But the thing is, they tried to trade him to get the extra money off the books, but no one's no going to take it, that, dude. Yeah. No one's going to take a fifteen million dollar contract with a running back. That just goes to and Bill O'Brien doesn't have a job anymore. So he can't <laughs> go anywhere. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Um, like I was thinking, if anyone's going to take Bell, it would be Bill O'Brien. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just goes to like we've discussed this before. Running back position, the position hasn't been as valuable as it's been in the past, and it's just no one's willing to do that and pay that much money for a position that clearly can't you know help a team as much as other positions can. But I think now that he's just cut, a team can kind of sign him for a shorter, like a small amount, like, like Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, exactly. So I think he might end up going to some. Good team. Like, that's a good team. Yeah. I would love, love to see him on the Colts. I said this in his free agency, and I'm yeah. saying it now. They need uh, maybe another one-two punch for Jonathan Taylor, and he would just be – I know the Colts' offensive line hasn't been as good as they were in the past. I saw something they're like 28th in run blocking. But the amount of talent and cohesion on that line, I trust in it, and Le'Veon Bell would certainly experience an upgrade from the Jets' offensive line. <laughs> yep. At this point, any team is a – so any offensive line is upgrade from the Jets offensive line. And um if if I said in 2018 after the Steelers lost to the Jaguars that <laughs> in 2 years both Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell would be not on a single team. You would look at me like I'm crazy, man. I would probably believe yet you. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> Just I wouldn't. That's I crazy. Yeah. Antonio Brown was so much better than everybody else. Yeah. He was also sane then. Oh, also, yeah. what did you say uh uh, a B Le'Veon and Leonard Fournette. Oh, that's also true because Leonard right? Fournette was a monster back then. He was all they they lost to the Jacks. But Leonard Fournette's on his team now, so yeah, like he's on. He's yeah, I mean Leonard Fournette, like uh, yeah, uh, he was good, but he wasn't like as consistently good. Or like yeah, I mean, yeah. he was. Yo, a he was like rookie, a top five pick, and he was a pretty. He was a. Ball. He, they ran. He yeah, ran the team. Like, that that team like, wasn't these, running. These are two superstars we're talking about. I don't think yeah. Leonard Fournette is ne- was necessarily. You know, as as respected as those two, you know that's that's what I'm okay. saying. Okay, okay, fair. Yeah, okay. I think we should probably yeah. Let's move, let's move on. This is uh. Let's talk about the games. Uh, let's start with the Thursday night game: the Buccaneers and the Bears. They uh they went crazy. The Bucks actually lost this game. Uh, Nick Foles beat Brady yet again, and uh, Mike Evans caught another touchdown. Hooray, David Johnson. Sorry. Not David, David Montgomery. David Montgomery. Yeah. David Montgomery got a touchdown. Allen Robinson had ten catches, sixteen targets. I know Andy's very happy about that. Yeah. Uh, but and, I think and he said he needed to do better, which I, is uh, music to my what ears. A man. What a man! What a man! But I think the biggest thing here is like that fourth down play where Brady didn't know it was fourth down. That was like the most un-Brady play I've ever seen in my life. Game on the line, come back to try and win this, and he forgot what down it was. That was a. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of sad, dude. He's an old man, He's an old man dude. <laughs> Although I did love to see him take it in stride, he photoshopped a picture of LeBron on his head, holding up four for yeah. LeBron's four rings. Yes, which is a uh, Brady social Brady social media game is insane. I don't know if you guys follow yeah, it, yeah. but it's so good, dude. Yeah, I, I just see like the big um, news outlets or media outlets retweeting it or like yeah. uh, like re-uploading it. So yeah, I always see it. 
Yeah. Uh, so now the Bears are four and one. You all think they're like actually good? They with how a good team. With how bad the Vikings are and how bad the uh, Saints, Niners, you know, the mid class, even the Bucks, right? The mid class, they're they're not they're not going to win the division. No. But wild card with the NFC East out of the picture. Uh, you know, Cardinals and Niners as of right now out of the picture. So I think they could definitely they're in a way better situation than all these other teams. Yeah. So I think I mean, they can make playoffs. Nick Foles hasn't even looked that great though. No, I mean he always he really, yeah, he really hasn't. Yeah, yeah, we always knew their defense was good and it always has been. I feel like it kinda got overshadowed by Chubitsky's shit show last year. Yeah. But I mean their defense still is good. You know, they still have Eddie Jackson, Kill Max, so I mean, and they and this year they have some have had some pretty insane comebacks with the Falcons and the Lions. So it kind of, like they for all purposes could be like two and three, but um, yeah, their defense is playing good. Their offense looks all right for now. So I think certainly are, better than with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's not the answer long term, but I think we'll see. The moment I Nick clown, Foles hits I the point, this signing when it happened. Yeah, but I mean, I still, I, I, I'll stand by it. I think they could have gotten Cam Newton for like nothing instead yeah. of trading for Nick Foles. And I think we all know that Cam Newton is better than Nick Foles. But if they didn't want to, you know, spend the infrastructure to really build around Cam Newton, then I understand it, and it's, it's worked out well for yeah, them. Yeah, so. serviceable quarterback. Yeah. Honestly, like the way Nick Foles' career has gone, I'm honest. I'm just gonna predict that, like, towards sometime in the near in the future. Trubisky's gonna get the job back. <laughs> like, that's just yeah. how it goes. That's just how it goes. You're right. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, the Rams played the Washington football team, won 30 to 10. Good game from Jared Goff. Daryl Henderson had a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Robert Woods had a touchdown as well. But biggest story here was young Alex Smith making his return to football. That was just a nice feel-good story. He didn't play very well. Poor decision, in my opinion. But yeah, um, I mean, what else do they have, though? I mean, who no, no. who were they going to put on in? his point to come back oh, to, to the come game back? Because he came oh, back yeah. to the uh, wonderful welcoming party of Aaron Donald jumping on his back. Yeah, I think he got sacked six times. Um, yeah, sounds about that's right. That's not what you want. Uh, but hopefully, Alex Smith will just chill out, sit down. Kyle Allen will come in and actually throw the ball to Terry McLaurin. So. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't really care about the football team at all. Any particular reason you would want him to throw to Terry McLaurin? Uh, you know, for the good of the league. He's a good player, man. For the you good want of the to realm. see good players play well. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, pretty insane that Alex Smith can play football after nearly losing his leg. And his like, life. And, and almost his life, his life yeah. yeah. That's nuts. Uh, you know who else is nuts? My guy Chase Claypool. We talk about the Steelers and the Eagles. Steelers won this 38-29, to and Chase Claypool had four touchdowns. Quite insane. Uh, Miles Sanders also had two touchdowns. Kind of a deceiving stat line from him, though. Um, I think the the Eagles' offense has still looked poor. I mean, this is a very good Pittsburgh defense, though, so I wouldn't put too much stock into this. But, like, the Eagles' offense has not looked good at all this entire yeah, year. Yeah, at all. Yeah. I, mean, I also I think, okay, against the Steelers. Yeah, go ahead, Ishis. Like, I mean, putting up 29 against the Steelers isn't exactly the easiest job. And yeah. Carson was making some good throws. That to tra- to, to to my guy Travis Fulgham. Yeah, yes. I mean, I'm hoping when you know the other injured wide receivers come back, this offense will look better. But like like who though? Like Jalen uh, Rager, Jackson. Dude, are they go Whiteside's hella bad? Like he no, didn't no, do anything last year. I mean, but... I'm just saying they have talent. That's just um, not. They're not getting. No, they got out. like their three starting wide receivers in the beginning of the season aren't there. Like okay, 
Yeah. Zach Ertz has not been doing anything this anything year. At all. Yeah. 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 That's true. I would like to take a moment to shout out the Steelers wide receiver scouting department. Oh, yes. Because, like, what? AB, back in the day, Emmanuel Sanders, like Heinz Ward, all those guys. Martavis Bryant was a stud for a bit. And then in recent memory, Juju, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool now looks pretty good. Yeah. Like, these guys are good, man. And They're so it's not good. Easy. It is not at all easy to, to draft and develop wide receivers. You're telling me, dude, the Patriots haven't the Patriots had a good wide receiver. <laughs> uh, like many, many teams just cannot develop a good wide receiver. You see so many busts like in the top 10, and these guys aren't picking high. Chase Claypool wasn't a first or second round draft pick. I think he was third or fifth, and uh, now he looks like a stud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you guys rank the Steelers now like in the AFC? I feel like I asked this question a couple weeks ago, but I don't know. If in the true. AFC? Yeah. Uh, I they're think like... they're a tier below the Chiefs, but I think everyone is also a tier below the Chiefs. So yeah, yeah I had them as, right now as like the second, even though they've played really easy teams. But I think their defense is again like what, the best in the league, and their yeah. offense looks pretty all around so far. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. They're in that second tier. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go over to the Cardinals and the Jets. The Cardinals beat the Jets thirty to ten. Uh, another. 380 yards from Kyler Murray. It's a lot. Chase Edmonds had a bigger game than Kenyon Drake. I know. Yep. We love to see that. <laughs> uh, Jamison Crowder had a huge game again, which is kind of surprising. I didn't expect him to be this good. And, of course, weekly update on DeAndre Hopkins. Six catches on seven targets. Hey, is that, is that no, your no, job, no. Oh, that's you just want to say? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Okay, you just go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, let me see. Six receptions, one thirty-one yards, and a touchdown. It was a, quite a touchdown too. Good for wide receiver okay, four like on the. If I want to talk about this, I can talk about this. I think, um, I think teams are playing him better now than they were. I feel like I brought this up that teams weren't really playing him well with the zones in the beginning of the year, and I think for the Jets, this was actually a good defense of as best as they could defensively. They, the way they played, so can't really blame them. He had Again, a nice touchdown catch. Yeah, <laughs> like if that's how Hopkins beats you, that's that's, that's just how he's gonna do it. That's how he's gonna do it. So yeah. like, you can't complain about that. Yep, I'm he's good. Definitely not complaining. <laughs> yep, I'm glad to have him on one fantasy team this year. Now, it's good to see. All right, let's go over to the upset of the week. The Las Vegas Raiders beat the Kansas City Chiefs somehow. I legitimately thought the Chiefs could go undefeated before the season started. So this is quite nice. Uh, they won 40-32. to 32. They put 40 points on that defense. Uh, Josh Jacobs had two, two of those touchdowns. Henry Ruggs caught a nice long touchdown. Nelson Aguilar, again, got a touchdown, contributed. Darren Waller, of course, did well. And uh, the usual suspects on Kansas City had Mahomes with a big game. Tyreek had a good game. Kelsey as well. This is just huge for the Raiders. Uh, I'm going to let Andy and Ishis talk about this. Ishis? You can um, go, go, Andy, if you want. Man, why are you always so... Uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to talk about... Me. This is like the biggest so, so win of the pass. season, dude. Yeah. I mean, dude, if you told me it, the, the Raiders were going to play the Patriots, the Saints, the Chiefs, uh, the Bills... That's um, brutal, man. That's a crazy they're schedule. They're going to come out three and two. I would have told you you were crazy, man. Same thing with the whole Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell situation. Yes. But um, again, like I, I think this is the exact same formula that they showed in the um, Saints game, right? You 
uh, you beat them up on offense. You run the ball. You pound the ball with uh, not actually uh, well, J- Josh Jacobs too, but also Devontae Booker had mm-hmm. ripped off a huge, huge run uh, late in the third, fourth. I can't remember which one it was. And Derek Carr and Henry Ruggs, that connection, they I'm pretty sure in the first quarter they connected on a third and ten, which was a huge catch by Ruggs. And then Henry Ruggs just took took the top off the defense for like a 75-yard touchdown. And those are some uh, beautiful throws by Derek Carr. Non-Derek uh, Carr throws, too. Yeah, like he was I, I will agree throws. with that. Yeah. No, I, actually, okay. So the thing is, I think he's always been good at, you know, uh, throwing those. But um, he hasn't been as willing to throw them in the yeah. past. I remember in 2016, back when we went 12-4, and four, he would consistently make that throw. And that's, uh, I think a big reason why our offense was as good as it was that year. And I like to see this version of Derek Carr in which he likes to, uh, you know, pick apart the defense uh, 20 plus yards, you know, uh, with now they got Nelson Aguilar tearing up defenses. Um, and yeah, of course, Henry Ruggs. So I'm very, very glad to see this version of the offense, at least for one week. And the defense isn't too shabby either. Um we picked off Patrick Mahomes. The we can claim to be the first defense to ever do that. So, or not ever, to ever do that. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> to do that this season. So I'm I, I'm really really satisfied with this performance. The defense showed up when it needed to. I think they held the Chiefs to like three points or like seven points or something in the second half, which is ridiculous for any team playing. If you don't Chiefs. count that uh, garbage time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which so I'm not. yeah. Obviously, I'm I'm very happy. This is the first time that Mahomes has lost a game by over seven points, I think, in no. his career. Wow. Yeah, no, no, I saw that stat. Yeah, too. so it's they lost by, he lost by eight. He lost by eight, but this is the first time he's he ever lost. He still hasn't lost by, by multiple possessions, man. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, um, I feel like I we were talking about the Raiders when uh, before they were playing the Patriots, and, you know, I kind of discussed that they have Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs, and those guys take a lot of attention on their offense, and they really need that deep ball with Ruggs or Aguilar or you know, who, whatever speedster they have. So, uh, is Aguilar a speedster? Yeah, I think he's a. Deep he's, I think he's fairly fast. I mean, yeah. he's been running deep routes. This so, and he's uh, been having success with it too. Right. So, I mean, I like I, one thing I do want to point out is this was every time the Raiders have been healthy this year, they have won, which is just a little pop yes, up there. Um, but yeah, no, like I was watching this game and I was like, I was shocked. Shitting I your pants. Entirely, yeah, like. <laughs> For like, like this, this isn't gonna hold. This isn't gonna for hold. For like weeks and weeks, we've seen you know the Raiders just have Derek Carr, you know, play action check down, play action check down, run it with Josh Jacobs, play action check down, you know, and to see Derek make those throws so confidently, it was actually so shocking. Like, I just never knew he, you know, he could do this. That two against the Chiefs, you know. But it only um, took him uh, four years to get back to his uh, twenty sixteen form. Exactly. Um, right. So I mean, this offense looks good with that deep ball being there. And if they can consistently do that, this offense will be great with Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs, you know, can you know getting that attention. So that's great. Um, for defensively, uh, I think we kind of bring this up about great offenses everywhere. That you know, if one team figures their, them out, I think it kind of s- disseminates down to every other defense in the league where they pick stuff up and kind of mm-hmm. watch the film on how it was done. I think I brought this up with. I may have brought this up with the Rams. When they were really good, I think the Patriots kind of figured them out in the Super Bowl. And then after that, teams started playing them exactly the same way. And then the Rams kind of fell apart last year. So I think um, after last week's game with the Patriots, the Chiefs kind of got kind of got bottled up a bit. And I think 
And I think also the Chargers game, stemming from the Chargers. So I had actually an interesting discussion with my dad about this. He was like, yo, why is Mahomes not looking as good as he normally does? So look at the three teams that he just played. He played the, the, I mean, ignore the Ravens because they just decimated the Ravens. But got the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Raiders. Two of those are division games. And one of them is the Patriots. And the Patriots have played the Chiefs like four times in the last Mahomes years, right? So Mm -hmm. that's a whole bunch of familiarity. And uh like that will definitely help against Mahomes. I'm I'm surprised he didn't play well against the Raiders just because like their defense hey, doesn't hey, have hey, hey. No, no, just because no, their no, defense it's a valid point. doesn't have you know the star power that the Chargers do in Bosa or Belichick on the sidelines. But I definitely do not think Patrick Mahomes has been figured out. I don't think an offense with this level of talent can be figured out. Um yeah. but Kudos to the Raiders for, you know, doing their job for most of the game. I actually thought Patrick Mahomes was going to pull it out until he threw that pick. It was a pretty ugly pick, not going to lie. But, um, yeah, I definitely – I'm not worried for Mahomes at all, for the Chiefs. They still look like the top, the top, top team in the AFC. And uh, I think it's just familiarity, which, uh, which should be fine going forward. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs still look good offensively. I mean, they were getting their passes – they were getting points up. I think the defense kind of got dismantled by the Raiders. Uh, yeah, I think the bigger storyline is actually the defense because they were like a top defense before this game. I mean, and they're still obviously good, but like they let up like barely any points to the Ravens. Um, and like, yeah, they were holding teams to like under 25 points, I think. So the fact that the Raiders offense was able to put up 40 points, I think um, maybe... I don't know, maybe some teams figure out that defense, you know? No, honestly, I think the Chiefs are just surprised that Derek was throwing it deep. Like, I'm telling you, dude, no one expects it, dude. Yeah. Like, there wasn't, there wasn't, like, any help deep, too, because exactly. they don't like, expect dude, him to Henry throw Henry Ruggs was a single coverage, and the guy literally just let him go because he was like, oh, he's not going to throw it. But then he actually threw it. It was over. Um, <laughs> yeah, one thing I wanted to bring up was I kind of noticed with this game, at least, um, like, Every time Patrick Mahomes dropped back, like I feel like most of the times he would literally, the play would just break down and he would just run out the pocket and just like run around for like. Five I feel like he would just stand at the line of scrimmage and just wait. Yeah, for someone like, to get open. They were just like, I don't know, I don't know. I think like they were just relying on Patrick Mahomes too much, and you know, I don't know if that's a concern for the Chiefs in general. They but... lost one of their offensive linemen, Kalechi Assembly, your guys' old friend. Oh uh, yeah, right. So, right. Uh, the, the interior offensive line, you know, Cleveland Farrell, I heard had a really good game. So that's right. That's that matchup right there. So um, no, but like I think the plays would just like there would be no one open. Like he would run around just trying to find someone open, you know, and it would eventually he would either get sacked or he would just you know have to like throw an, a difficult pass in tight coverage. Yeah, so. interesting to note that they only gave Clyde uh, ten carries. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit too much reliance on that. But if you're gonna rely on someone, it's gonna be Patty, right? Right. Yeah. All you right. Paid him five hundred million. Yeah, exactly. You paid him half a billion dollars. You might as well use him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's move over to the Panthers and the Falcons. Uh, Falcons lost this as is usual. Uh, twenty-three to sixteen. Teddy Bridgewater had a good game, as most quarterbacks do against the Falcons. Uh, Todd Gurley had a touchdown and one hundred and twenty-one yards. That was like a bright spot for the Falcons, as well as Calvin Ridley. Every running back is going to have a a good game against, <laughs> game the, against Panthers. the Panthers. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson both had very good games, but the main story here: Mike Davis has done it again. That is now three games in a row where he has basically just replicated Christian McCaffrey. And the Panthers are zero and two with C Mac and three and zero without him. 
Uh, is Mike Davis and, and better think... than CMC, dude? Is that what we're saying here? Because like he actually first looks of good. All, first of all, uh, no. <laughs> but um, I, I think this just overall represents like I think we were talked about this in our NFL overview that the running back position is really not that important. You can I mean granted Mike Davis is a like a decent running back. Dude, but, no, like, he's, I, I I think dude, when did he I get this? I have no idea, dude. He I remember so yeah. good. He was on the Seahawks. And he would just like rumble and bumble for three four yards. <laughs> yeah. That was literally his job. He was, was on the Bears job, last right? year too, and that's what he did. He would and all of a sudden he's like running full speed and he's like he's like juking dudes breaking tackles like he's gonna get a contract next year i think it's gonna be overpaid and it's gonna be overpaid but i mean he looks super good right now yeah i mean obviously it it takes a specific type of player to be able to fit into that c-mac role like you have to be able to catch the ball like this guy put up a thousand receiving yards last season but i i feel like if you're competent enough at that you can honestly just step into that role and do decently well right i i i think there's just goes back to my point that you know you running back is not important at all yeah you just need a serviceable one yeah and the fact that the highest paid running back in history is getting replaced by a guy who is like on two teams in two years mm-hmm. it's pretty nuts and they've been undefeated with like, with him yeah, yeah i think yeah. they lost a... they lost all the games at teams <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean teddy's been playing well too so i think cmc's coming back within two weeks or so so yeah that'll be uh something to look out for that's that's true i'm just riding on mike davis super super cheat okay let's go over to the dolphins and the niners i know Rhodes didn't want to talk about this but uh the dolphins clapped them it was 43 to 17 we got fitz magic with 350 yards and three touchdowns good game from miles gaskin good game from pretty much every receiving option on the dolphins and a uh, horrible game from Brian Allen. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, man. This is just a rough game. Are we doing this? Are we doing this? You can do it, man. Hey, if you guys are going to do the Hopkins, you got to do this. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so, I mean, yeah, Brian Allen, the six-string cornerback on a team, you know, really should never see the field. I thought it was some questionable coaching decisions just by the by the coaching staff to put Brian Allen out there. We had our, you know, third-string corner, Akella Witherspoon, who was, you know, slightly injured, but he was suited up, and he ended up getting put in the game anyway. Why not just start with him? I, in, in my general layman's knowledge, it's best to start higher on the uh, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, rather than six down. So, but I don't blame Brian Allen. You know, he's not good. He can't do anything about it. And yeah, there's a reason he's on the practice. <laughs> there's a reason. Part. You know, yeah. it's not his fault. I do blame our offensive line. Our offensive line is has just been atrocious this year, and they have no excuses. Our, our defense has been, you know, decimated by injuries. Our offensive playmakers are just getting together. This is their first game, all all of them on. Not even at full strength, I will argue. But you have Jimmy back there, and Jimmy's not a mobile quarterback. He needs a good pocket, and he's injured. And you have Trent Williams. Just he, there's there was a play where he literally just tapped the guy. He made eye contact with the <laughs> rusher and watched and tapped him as he sacked Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, Jimmy Jimmy played horribly. But the offensive line and the defensive line last year was the core identity of this team. And I think this is interesting just because the team, the players that we lost in this offseason, we lost Joe Staley and we lost DeForest Buckner. Now, I think we did as good of a job as the front office can in replacing them with Trent Williams and Javon Kinlaw, first-round pick. But... Especially like as far as our identity is concerned, like when you lose captains and leaders like that, 
it does have an effect on a team. So uh, that's a shame because uh, I was really hoping that Trent Williams would, you know, step in and just destroy fools. He's been pretty shit. And not very result, silverback of him. Not very silverback <laughs> at all. So I think uh, the next game against the Rams will decide the Niners season. Uh, if they win it, you know, they're three and three and the Rams, they put a loss on the Rams. But if you go to two and four with two division losses, you know, you're not climbing out of that hole. So do you actually yeah. think they're going to be able to beat the Rams? The Rams have looked pretty good. They're four uh, right now. I still maintain that the Niners have the talent to do so. If the offensive line, you know, miraculously figures their shit out. And it's honestly not even that crazy for them to figure that shit out. Offensive line was the strength of our team last year. Raheem Moster is still a fucking baller. But, um, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy's got to play better. That that was pretty bad. Hopefully he's... I hope he was injured. Because <laughs> if that's healthy, Jimmy, then, uh, then we have a huge problem. But I think, I think, obviously, I think they can beat the Rams. But, you know, it's a must. It's about as must-win as it gets. Yeah. The offensive line test doesn't get much harder than against Aaron Donald. So. Yeah, I mean, just to go over the Niners' next seven games... I'll just reiterate. Um, they're playing the Rams, <laughs> they're playing the Patriots, they're playing the Seahawks, they're playing the Packers, they're playing the Saints, then they're playing the Rams again, and then they're playing the Bills. You missed the Cowboys in there, but they're there. No, but like for the next seven games. Oh, okay. Like in a row. <laughs> that's like, yeah. that's like a, a gauntlet of the best teams yeah. in the league. <laughs> just missing the Chiefs. Wow. It's yeah. like murderer's row, dude. Yeah. My God. As unlikely as it is, like, what kind of sense would it make if they went like you know four and three in those games? That would just show that nothing makes any sense in the entire league. And I, lose the- that's definitely true. It's true, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say any game is a guaranteed like L for the Niners, but yeah, it's not looking good, dude. No not chucks guaranteed for this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go over to the Giants and the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys won this game. Uh, big game from Zeke. I think I predicted, and that finally came true. Um, we also had some good performances from CD Lamb, of course. Uh, good game the from defense. Darius Slayton. Yeah, defenses both scored a touchdown. Yes, good defensive game. Good kicking game lost, too. They lost the battle. Yeah, they won the battle, but they lost the war here. Ah, whatever. Yeah, huge injury to Dak. He got Gordon Haywarded. With the ankle, that was a uh, pretty bad to see. They kept replaying it too. That was just Tony really Romo called it a cramp. Yeah, he was like Tony. No, Tony Romo tried to give us hope, but yeah. yeah, it was. He was like he was like hoping. He knew it was broken. But he was like maybe it's a cramp. Maybe that's such a good impression <laughs> of Tony. Yeah. So Ishis, what do you what do you think about this team moving forward? Um, I mean. I'm good that the Jones family has said that they're supporting Dak and they he's still there. Uh, long-term investment so hopefully that means that they're not gonna swindle him out of the money that he deserves and that he's earned because i mean for the past three years or three four years he's been a good you know trustworthy quarterback he hasn't been injured i mean this is just a freak accident but before this he was i don't think he missed a game i think he never missed a a game um and in terms of wins i think he had he was like in the top three or four since he joined the league so he is a good quarterback. Uh, he was having a terrific season. I think sixteen yards, sixteen hundred yards in the first like four weeks. Uh, it's really sad to see um, his season get cut short, but I'm hoping that the Giants don't, you know, screw him over and they give him, the, you know, the long term investment 
Then he's the been Cowboys. The Cowboys. The Cowboys, yeah. Cowboys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's not to happen in like a contract year like this. I mean, but yeah. that, that's that's the Cowboys' fault. They had the yeah. uh, total time and you know perfect opportunity to sign him before the year, and you know, this happened to Dak, happened to Earl Thomas in his contract year. These guys, they 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 publicly request a new contract. If they hold out, the entire fan base turns against them. Their team turns against them. I remember when Le'Veon Bell was holding out, his two offensive linemen, both part of the NFL Players Association, who are literally fighting for player empowerment, were publicly tweeting at Le'Veon Bell, why aren't you holding out? Why are you holding out? Why aren't you coming back and helping us win games? So when these players don't hold out, like, yeah, most of the time it's fine. But when they don't hold out and they get injured, like it just uh, these guys are putting their you know their bodies on the line their careers on the line and to have an accident like this is just it's just horrible to not have the security of a long-term contract because like honestly like this apparently he's going to be he's going to be somewhat all right but there's a there's a totally possible future where Dak doesn't play football again and for him to not have been able to capitalize on his excellent play for the first part of his career that's just a shame yeah, yeah. I don't think this is really a black and white uh, subject. Like, I mean, it's definitely Cowboys... not. But I'm j- I'm just pointing out that. Sorry, I'll, I'll I'll let you go. But I'm just pointing out that the the public perception of the player by the fan base and the the team just switches so fast when they hold out right, to try right. and secure the bag for yeah. themselves. Yeah, I mean, these are all like some of the most competitive like people in the world. So I think winning is the most like one of the most important things to all these people. But I mean, I think the Cowboys did offer him like thirty five million five years. But I think I don't know exactly what Dak was looking for in his contract. But they're definitely having. He says forty-five million ish. Forty-five. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's negotiations. See, that's the thing. Like, obviously, your players are most important to you, and you want them to be safe, happy, and you know, content, and you know, love working, playing for your organization. But there's like this little, like you know, like area, this gray area of you know, not getting you know, like not overpaying for a player, and also keeping them happy and keeping them in your. Uh, team for a long period of time, so it's tough. It's definitely tough. It's definitely uh, tough. I just, I just hope that the next time someone holds out, people will try and remember these situations. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, I, I want to kind of explore um, since the Cowboys are still in playoff contention because they play in the NFC East. They're number uh, how one. And- <laughs> yeah, they are number one at two and three, I believe. Yep. Uh, so Andy Dalton, I, I want to kind of explore how Andy Dalton will fit into this. Um, fit in this offense and help it. Uh, so, I mean, first of all, like Andy Dalton is no scrub. Um, I, I think people might think of his last years uh, in the Bengals and be like, yeah, this guy sucks, but you know, he's a veteran quarterback. He'll do fine. And I think the, the player that benefits the most and who was already like probably the number two receiver on this team was CD lamb. And because I don't see Andy Dalton throwing it deep to Mike, Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper that often. And I think that's, the, uh, the deep ball is the uh, strength of both of their games. Of course, Amari Cooper is a good, you know, intermediate player as well. But I think the person who benefits the most is CeeDee Lamb because, you know, he's the one who's always running the intermediate routes. And I think Andy Dalton is much better at, you know, having these checkdowns, maybe like 10, 15 yards. So, um, I, I mean, I, I obviously I don't expect this offense to be nearly as good as it was with um, with Dak Prescott. But, you know, it, it, they still will be fine for at least fantasy purposes, and Zeke will continue to eat, I believe. Yeah. Zeke ought to eat so hard for the rest of the year. Yeah. It's actually ridiculous. 
I think the offense is going to go back to a run-based deal, kind of like how we saw, I think, like, the first, like, couple years of Dak's career. It really centered around Zeke before mm-hmm. we kind of took off into this. He's throwing 500, 400 yards. So we'll probably get back to that. I think offense will still be good. And fantasy options will still be good often options there. Um, all right, let's go over to the Colts and the Browns. The Browns have won again. They are 4-1. and one. This is a huge for the city of Cleveland, I'm sure. Uh, good game from Kareem Hunt. Jonathan Taylor got a touchdown. Odell Beckham did not have a huge game, but he was actually not bad. And uh, just a all-around solid performance by both the defenses, for sure. And uh, I think the Colts offense, uh, sorry, the Browns offense uh, showed that like they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. Like They, they put up 32 points on arguably the best defense in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Colts defense yeah. has been doing this all season, but story here is the Browns defense showing up. Another story here, I think, is that Phillip Rivers has not looked good at all. Yeah. In my opinion. And again, you know, Cam Newton on <laughs> this team, like, are you kidding me? Even like, he doesn't look better than Jacoby Brissett. But yeah. I just think this game was monumental for both these teams in establishing the pecking order in the AFC. So the Browns now, they know, like, you know, we're four and one. That means something. They, they get to keep pace in the AFC, the very suddenly competitive AFC North. Um, and I think they finally bought into their identity. I think I spoke about this last, we probably spoke about this last week, but, you know, Baker Mayfield may not be there yet. And just like they, you know, they ease Dak Prescott in with Zeke, maybe it's time to ease these quarterbacks in with the, you know, the one-two punch of Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt and uh, Dernis Johnson, right? <laughs> so ease him in and then, you know, Baker Mayfield will get more comfortable. So on the flip side, the Colts, you know, they got to figure out their offensive line issues because you can't have the 28th rank line with the, the team built like this around Phillip Rivers. I'm certain that's not why he came here. But um, yeah, I think these teams are both contenders in the AFC, so they should uh, they should be looking good for going forward. Yeah, I just want to say how happy I think we all are that the Browns are finally winning games now. <laughs> yes. uh, it's been a it's, it's been, been a long, long time waiting. Time. Yeah, but it's finally here, and I'm I'm I, like I'm I was just so happy seeing like that they were winning games because Selena. I mean. The city's waited a long time. I think so. the league is better when OBJ is good. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. one of those. There's a few players like that. So, obviously Mahomes, Lamar, those guys. But, like, OBJ, a, a certain running back every year, you know, those kinds of guys. Yeah. Uh, another player who fits under that category is Russell Wilson, I'd say. Uh, Seahawks played the Vikings, and they... <laughs> In, in very he wanted classic Seahawks fashion. Yeah, classic Seahawks fashion. They won twenty seven to twenty six. Russell Wilson had the uh, most expected game winning yeah, drive ever. Just a classic. <laughs> just like of course, of course. Kind of two game. fourth down conversions. You know, just the yeah. typical. Russell Never Wilson ever in question. And they're so easy. Uh, Dalvin Cook had a good game until he went out with injury, and then Alexander Madison came in and he did well. Uh, Chris Carson had a good game. DK Metcalf is having a great season so far, yeah. and he continued it today or on Sunday. Adam Thielen as well had two touchdowns, uh, much to my chagrin, I will say. Uh, I the, one on the on the year, by the, the way. year, I know that's pretty nuts. But uh, the Seahawks, as always, playing to the level of competition, 
making the games interesting and entertaining and having it come down to the wire. I would say it's not sustainable. For any team in the league, it's not yeah, sustainable. But it is. But, but what you do when you bring the game down to the wire, or you would play down to the level of your competition, is you make it a toss-up. But Russell Wilson's really good at flipping a coin. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's not, yeah, they're chilling. They'll be fine. Uh, I don't see them losing the game this season. <laughs> oh, they're they on their way. guaranteed will, but like it'll be... Some random. It'll game. be a hella stupid yeah. game. Yeah. They'll play pay, like play the Jets and then they'll just get blown out or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Seahawks wait to lose. Yeah, if you, I don't know if you guys remember this far back, but like they literally played the Bengals week one last year when they were so bad mm-hmm. and they almost tied and they scrounged it out at the end. Week sixteen, they get clapped by the Cardinals that were really bad. And then week seventeen, they play the Niners to a standstill. Like, yep. co- what the hell? <laughs> It's classic, dude. That's just the way it the is. The Seahawks just, just always want to provide us, you know, entertainment with any yeah, one of their games. But is it really not- entertainment when you know the end result now? <laughs> it's not. You know they're going to win. It's a, it's essentially a blowout because the game is decided the second they're down and Russell Wilson has the ball. <laughs> the second they step onto the field, the game is yeah. decided. I, I mean, it still it makes for interesting content, but... Obviously, it's always for the content. So they're playing the Giants in Week 13 and the Jets in Week 14 and the Washington football lose. team in Week 15. They will lose two out of two those three. Of those. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll lose, they'll lose at least one. I don't know about yeah. two. And the Eagles yeah. in Week 12. Wow, that's a that's such an easy schedule. NFC East? On the, on the fourth. Yeah, four-week span. Wow. Oh, wow. Why are they playing? Oh, yeah. Are we playing the Washington football team? I hope so. Uh, yes. We'll probably find a way to lose, but... Yep, do you guys think like this reliance on Russell Wilson? Because this literally just looks like Russell Wilson dropping back and just, I mean, I, throwing. What has he been doing? I mean, the I mean let Russ yeah, cook. But, let Russ cook. Yeah. Right. What do is you guys the think? That's... Right. Um, do you guys think this is like feasible in the playoffs or like for? I mean, it has been. It hasn't really been. Honestly, what have they done in the last that's four true. years? Yeah, it's like a Saints situation where it seems like it should be enough, but it's never enough. Yeah, Again, I mean, I mean, they were in the playoffs and lost to the Packers, a team that was all-around talented, had a run game, and didn't just rely on their quarterback all the time. <clears throat> yes. Yes, he's just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Packers proceeded to get blown up. But anyway. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> ancient history, ancient history. Yeah. It's a good point. We'll see how it goes. It's yeah. they're letting Russ cook, and he's doing a good job so far. So. I, I think the the one thing they should really pay attention to is their defense because it's I mean, Jamal Adams has been out. Jamal Adams has been out. Yeah, so but even bad. when he was there, I I'm pretty sure they got torn up, or they weren't playing like super well. Um, even yeah. when Jamal Adams yeah. was there, so they need to fix something there. They they will. I think the thing, sorry, the, the thing that Jamal Adams will bring is not defensive stopping but defensive plays, like a key third down or a key sack or a key turnover. They'll and still energy. score points and energy and leadership, all those kinds of things. They'll definitely, you know, start all fantasy players against them, but like like Jamal Adams will come up with, I think he came up with a stop against Cam or something like that. Like a pretty big, not the stop against Cam, but like another earlier yeah. in the game. So yeah. those kinds of plays that they have no one to make those plays right now, they'll be provided by Jamal Adams. Yep. Definitely. All right, let's go over to the Chargers and the Saints. They played on Monday night, and the Saints won this 30-27. to 27. Uh, Justin Herbert had an excellent game, 264 yards and four touchdowns. Mike Williams is the contested catch god. He had uh, another two touchdowns today. If he goes um, to the Bills in free agency, it's over, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my That's God. So That's so true. 
Uh, Emmanuel Sanders had 12 catches and 122 yards. That's uh, what I thought was going to happen. When I know. I started him. Exactly. It took, yeah. it took like five weeks, but I think they're finally on the same page. And um, now Michael Thomas. And now back. Michael Thomas is going to come back. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, news was um, just like minor news. Uh, Michael Thomas actually wasn't in this game, not because of injury, but because of uh, just he was altercation. Uh, altercation. He punched right. his teammate in practice, dude. Yeah. So. So. Sucks. Yeah. Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas is. He's turning into more and more of a diva as we speak. <laughs> Once uh, you become the wide receiver one, you just instantly become a diva. Yeah, that's why Julio yeah. Julio stays right around at the number two spot, so he doesn't, you know, get into uh, the diva. Yes, 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 of course. Are you guys completely uh, gonna ignore Money Badger missing an extra point and a fifty? And a 50. Yeah, I, yeah. Come I on, man, that's the game of Justin Herbert's yeah. life, and that's a yeah. defining moment in his career, and you miss that shit. I mean, fifty-yard field goal is hard. Miss an extra point. But the extra, <laughs> extra points. I mean, yeah. I, first of all, I, I don't think the extra point really matters because I, I think the Saints would have converted a two-point thing. But yeah. uh, sorry, t- yeah, I, I mean, like, two-point thing, two-point another, It's another you know level of difficulty. Yeah, so it's it sucks, sure. but whole game. I'm not going to sure. hold the the game tying field goal miss against him. Like that's yeah. a tough field goal. Fifty yards hard. Yeah. No, yeah, but I mean, I Herbert, just, oh yeah, go, go, Andy, go. So, uh, yeah, I was just going to highlight uh, how her, how great Herbert looks. Yeah, um, he looks real good, and man. here's a here's a random fact of the day. Or here's sorry, a random stat of the day. Uh, Justin Herbert is the first rookie to throw four touchdowns on Monday Night Football. Mm. Wow! Yeah, he's the goat. <laughs> the greatest of so, you, know, I, I, you know oddly specific stat i think it's a little bit less specific than some of the weird stats you see on espn but yeah, yeah. he definitely looks he passes the eye test for sure like many times um i think that first touchdown he threw he uh ran past cam jordan and another linebacker and threw a dart to keenan allen in the uh in the to the end zone and it was like it was a beautiful pass and he kept that performance up throughout the entire game so I mean, Justin Herberts, he is not playing to a scouting report um, coming out of college. Yeah. So that, he definitely looks good and is the... I guarantee you like Chargers the, fans are like, you know, breathing a sigh of relief, looking over at Phillip Rivers playing like shit, and then looking at yeah. this young mobile quarterback, mm-hmm. like yeah. having... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think that someone might have paid off the doctor to, you know... Um, Say he was all right. <laughs> the coach, like Coach Lane, just <laughs> like to, to not have a mobile quarterback in this league right now, it's just such a handicap. It's so yeah. broken. Yeah, honestly, the Bucks suck right now. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I mean, they'd be better if Brady could run. No, so. I mean, okay, if you're okay, the thing is, like, if you're not mobile, you have to make up in other ways, right? Like, yeah. See, if Tom's not mobile, he has to make the quick passes. Like, so it's just it's a disadvantage, but you can make yeah. up for it. Um, in terms of Herbert, I think he's gotten better every game. Um, like his first like uh confirmed start uh was against the Panthers. He didn't really look too well, but then he kind of improved with the Bucks. He was throwing. You're just gonna passes. ignore his Chiefs game? That was his no, but I, I didn't think it count. I didn't think it count. It's a start. <laughs> no, but I, um, because they the Chiefs didn't know he was starting, so I didn't really want. To count. It's a start. He played well. I'm gonna count it. Good. For okay. Him. Okay. Go. Uh, I think he played well that game too. So that's fine. Um, but I mean, okay, sure. Uh, but the Bucks game was really good. I thought he played really good there, but he got outdueled by Tom Brady. And I think this Saints game was his best game yet. I mean, yeah, he was throwing all the right passes. He literally put them in a spot to win, and the kicker just didn't come through. So, yeah, it's tough. Well, they got a bye week, and they play the Jags next. So more good play incoming. So I would two assume bye weeks. Yeah, basically. Yeah. All right, last game of the week: Bills Titans. That happened today. Again, shout out the NFL. Um, 
Tannehill had four total touchdowns here. Derrick Henry had two touchdowns. AJ Brown back on the in the scene, which is nice. He had a touchdown and 82 yards. Jonu Smith had two touchdowns, but I don't think one of them should have no, counted. He re- he had one touchdown. I yeah. think we can all agree with yeah, that. Yeah, all right, all right. Uh, Diggs had another big game with 10 catches and over 100 yards. Uh, the Titans, I think they looked a lot better than I thought they would look against this Bills defense, putting up yeah. 42 points, although it's a little bit of garbage. Yeah, yeah. The, the Bills defense had a lot of... yeah. Yeah, but I think the Bills defense also had a lot of injuries. I saw a whole list of like seven people. Mm. Um, n- most, more notably, Trey Dwight was out. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that helped like AJ Brown a little bit. But yeah, I mean, Brian Tannehill, he's not like a superstar or anything, but I think he more than gets the job done. And that's really all you can ask for from him. Mm-hmm. And like, he's very sneakily mobile. Like he was running and yeah. he was super fast. Like I did yeah. not expect him to be that mobile. And I was like, man... Wish my quarterback could run like that. Both both the back uh both members of the backfield. Derrick Henry doesn't look like he's going fast, but he just runs right past you. Yeah. He also stiff arms dudes into the shadow realm. Oh my god, dude. He <laughs> just insane. oh my god. He just destroyed Malcolm Butler. Dude, how do you how do you no not Malcolm Butler, um Josh Norman, but like after that play, like how do you go Get back up. into the huddle? Like that yeah. Josh Norman, what do you do after that? Like how do you not like Go oh, back into the locker room and like think about what happened, dude. <laughs> Just think about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, respect. He keep playing. He uh, he he got right back at Derrick Henry the next play. Yeah, so. I, I think one of my friends was saying this. You know, we we clown on people for making business decisions. Yeah. Josh Norman didn't make a business decision, so and he yeah. got punished for it. And he's <laughs> gonna be on memes for the rest of his life. But I mean, respect, hey, respect. respect. Yeah. Uh, Bills, any worries there? Oh, they'll be fine, man. Yeah. Josh all right. to come down to earth a little bit. Though. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. We'll see how he does next week. Uh, all right. Let's uh, wrap this week up and look forward to next week because we got a few good games coming up. Uh, first one to talk about, we got the Browns and the Steelers. I didn't think this would be a good game before the season started, but now these two teams have looked Yo, These are always good. good games, though, in general. <laughs> yeah. Last year, we had the Mason Rudolph Mason situation. Rudolph helmet oh, smash. <laughs> uh, let's see if we get some more fights here they always end up fighting each other whenever the afc north is a afc north yeah yeah uh it should be a good game though yeah i think if the steelers can win this one they can kind of cement themselves as a like powerhouse definitely play, yeah definitely yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and likewise play. for the browns i feel like too dude yeah, the browns win this one i think too they're like really good <laughs> if the browns win, yeah, I mean, they're are, they, are they the one, favorites dude. in the afc north you think if they, if, no, they the if they win this game, uh, I, I still think it's the Ravens. But I mean, the Ravens haven't looked as no, good. I, right now. Right now, the way I see it is, it's like the Steelers, Ravens, kind of battling it out, and then it's the Browns. Mm-hmm. But if the Browns win this one, it's like a trifecta. Yeah, at that point. I also think that the Browns have. Uh, I mean, the AFC runs to Kansas City, and to beat Kansas City, you know, ball control. That's that seemed to be a decent method yep. in the past. So if you just pound Nick Chubb down their throat. Uh, be pretty decent strategy to keep Mahomes off the field. Uh, we also got the Bills and the Chiefs, another two uh, cream of the crop in the AFC. Josh yeah. Allen versus Mahomes. There's the too much really arm good. power in there, man. The AFC is really good this year. Yeah. They should just have a contest where both of them throw the ball as far as, as, far they, as they can. As far as they can. Let's see who does it. Yeah. Yeah. They should do. Yeah. They just definitely should do that pregame. Yeah. These actually, are, yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. These are uh, two teams that are just coming off of their first losses, so. They're definitely looking to prove the you know the critics wrong here, but uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs will Chiefs will storm back. So 
pretty yeah, confident. Yeah, I think the Chiefs win this too. I think the Bills win it. All right. Oh, we didn't even predict the Brown Steelers. I'm gonna say the Steelers win the. I'm saying the Browns. Okay. Steelers. I gotta go Steelers. I don't believe. I'll go with the Browns. Ooh, split decision. Ooh. All right. Uh, That's and- broken like a true Dernus Johnson over. Dernus Johnson, man. <laughs> I'm the Dernus Johnson over. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I am no longer a Dernus Johnson. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up. We got the NFC matchup here with the Bucks and the Packers. The Brady versus Rogers showdown. I think this will just be a really good quarterback matchup, and it's a shame that they have this thing on uh, afternoon game and not a prime time game. Yeah, I was actually expecting this to be prime. I was actually surprised it wasn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's actually a big game for the NFC in general because if the Packers win this game, they beat the Saints, they beat the Bucks. I mean, yeah, they go who five else is left. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's they're kind of like put themselves in the top. It's like them and the Seahawks right now, right? If the Buc- the Bucks are like coming off a loss against the Bears, and people are kind of you know, having doubts about what they can do this year, if they beat the Packers, I mean, they go right back into that. Super Bowl discussion, so yeah. I don't know about Super Bowl, but contenders. Yeah, I think everyone contenders like contenders not like just because they have Brady, dude. Yeah, exactly. I, I think yeah. if they beat the LeBron effect, yeah, if they beat the Packers, then I feel like it's a they're like a top NFC team potentially. I disagree, yeah. just because they, <laughs> they lost to the Bears. No, exactly. I mean, like we're like we're all the, yeah. If the Seahawks lose to the Bears, do you think they're not a top NFC team? No, because of the way the Seahawks play, dude. Yeah, so. I mean, it's it's still Brady's sixth game as a Buccaneer in this case. So I guess you have to wait for Godwin. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, right now true. we're all yeah. like kind of down on the Bucks because they lost to the Bears, lost to the Saints, right? Um, we don't know if they're really you know doing anything. All the critics are going after Tom, right? But if they beat the Packers, that kind of shuts everyone up for at least the next three, four yeah. weeks. Yeah, and honestly, I, I don't ex- like. I, I think I said this, but I don't expect them to you know come out the gates firing. Like it takes time to get used to your offensive weapons, right? Yeah. But um, I think uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, um, I don't remember the game exactly, but Tom Brady looked or Yeah, Tom Brady yeah, looked good. Chargers. So, yeah. yeah, against the Chargers. So um, once Godwin comes back, I, I feel like this, this team will be scary down the stretch. Yeah, we still haven't had a game with a healthy Evans and a healthy Godwin. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. we already a promise hasn't happened. Oh, I'm saying we as football fans oh, have seen. Relax, <laughs> dude. We got the Patriots finally playing next week. That's the biggest in my book, dude. I hate bye weeks in week five. Such cap forced bye weeks as well. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine having a bye week in week four. <clears throat> Titans. Um, yes. Yeah. Hopefully, dude. Hopefully, this COVID situation gets fixed up. Like I know it won't be. It. <laughs> you need to do something, dude. The NFL needs to do something because this is ridiculous. Just pushing games over to Tuesday, and like, hopefully nothing's gonna happen until then. It's a, not a not a good way to handle this. Uh, all right. Any any final thoughts on next week? This week. If the Niners lose, I will not be joining this podcast. <laughs> oh. I'll be in a nap. Not sure, we might have to like start looking for an, uh, an audition. Anyone interested in a podcasting position? Auditions right now. Audition. <laughs> yeah, it's not even going to be a. It's not even like out of the realm of possibility, dude. This is a I tough know. matchup. It's a tough uh, matchup. All right, we'll see. Tune in on Sunday night. See if Rowith comes back next week. <laughs> all right no how about how about if the deandre hopkins go off goes off and then you have to come back 
Oh, I, that that won't be a have to. I'll gladly come back. I'll be like against Dallas, against Dallas defense. Yeah, like yeah. it cancels out. It cancels out, dude. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Competitors or some shit. Yeah. All right, that is gonna do it for us. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, we got that bubble recap NBA episode coming up soon, so look out for that. And of course, more NFL. If you want to support the podcast, you can check the link in Spotify on Red Circle. But other than that, we'll catch y'all in the next episode. See ya! Illegal forward pass.